0: Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with veteran Denver jazz saxophonist Keith Oxman. Along with being an active educator these days, he is now promoting the release of 2017's East of the Village CD. Since he was 12, he has had his hands on the sax and that instrument would take him to stages with cats like Sonny Stitt, Mel Torme, Louis Belson. Phil Woods, the Buddy Rich Big Band, Tom Harrell, and the great Jack McDuff, and many more. He's a stellar cat with plenty to say, so please dig this interview, my friends.
1: So let's go ahead and dive right in here and get right to it. Let me ask you about East of the Village. Talk to me about this album, kind of take me into the studio, and let me know how you feel about this album and the uh, afterglow of it being produced and finalized.
2: The three of us were working at a place here in town called Nocturne. We had a chance to do like a residency for two months, and we played every week. started developing a pretty large repertoire, and they weren't necessarily things that were done a lot. And then uh, Tom Burns, who owns Capri, had offered to record us, and we tried to do it in December of... uh think of 2015 and everything failed all the equipment we had problems with the organ we had problems with the recording equipment um and then so we sort of put it on hold and then Tom called me a couple months later and said just go into um you know Colin Booker's studio and just get it done and so we went in there I think it was April 9th we went in there one afternoon and just did it
1: let me ask you about your life let me go back a little bit your lineage where were you born and raised
2: I was born and raised in Denver. So, how did you get into jazz? Well, it was through a lot of different, uh, uh different things. My father was, uh, a wholesale record distributor. My folks weren't particularly musical or big music fans, but I, I at least was around it. I, I think I got into it, you know, through being in school and, um, I don't remember exactly what, what did it. I think the one one thing that happened was in, like, ninth grade or so. I heard a recording of Charlie Parker, and that just went through me like a knife, you know. And I said, that's what I want to do. And I had a teacher about the same time that I had gotten uh, who was very inspirational and helped me a great deal. And then I started sitting in with a lot of the musicians around, the older musicians around town. And, you know, I just got drawn into the magic of uh, this wonderful art form.
1: Talk to me about your higher education. Where did you go to school, and how did that help you as a musician?
2: Well, I think, to be honest with you, I think being around the musicians on the street helped me more than going to school. But I went to Denver University, to the Lamont School of Music, and I had a couple of really great teachers. But a lot of the teachers, I you know, I did not probably get as much as I did from the great musicians that were playing on the streets. Um, but yeah, I went I went to school um at, at Lamont School of Music. Uh, I had had one jazz teacher that was huge influence on me. He was a great player too. His name was Gene Rush. And then I had a clarinet professor who also had a great influence on me. His name was Ray Ray Corellis. K I E R uh K I R E I L I S. Those guys just had a huge, huge impact on me. Yeah, I can't say that though for the other uh, other professors necessarily, but you know they they uh, those were the only two that really really inspired me to think and to pursue and um, yeah they, they were great.
1: Kind of if you lean back in the easy chair and think about your career since you got out of school and just kind of the beginnings to, to now. How would you sum up your career? How do you feel about the players you played with, the recordings that you've made, and the progress that you've made as a musician up to this point in your life?
2: I feel really good about about all that, about the people I've been fortunate enough to get to play with and all of that. I don't know that I've ever felt really great about where I'm at. you know i think I think most musicians might tell you that about themselves uh there's there just there are things that I want to still get into and I, I you know I I tend to see negatives in my playing and try to focus on those and so I I you know I'm com- I'm not that comfortable although I'm not I'm not uncomfortable with things you know I'm happy with where I'm at as a musician but I'm sure hoping that I get to a different level before I'm out of here.
1: So let me ask you this: Why do you love jazz?
2: You know, I don't know that I can even put that into words. I just know that when I sh- heard a lot of these players, that meant so much to me. They just, I, you know, I can't put into words what that what that did to me. But it, it was um, it's certainly a discipline that takes uh, a great amount. You know, it takes some intellectual prowess and it takes a lot of hard work and practice. And one of the things I do love. Is I see that this is a lifelong pursuit, and there's always more to do, and there—I mean, there's always a challenge there, and I—I I think it's just something that can happen over a very long period of time. As far as loving what I hear, you know, I can't put into words exactly why I just absolutely love John Coltrane and Charlie Parker and Hank Mobley and Clifford Brown and Bud Powell. I don't—I can't. It, there's just something about it that's so real and so great, and so mentally, it, like there's such a great balance of heart and mind with those great players.
1: So let's whittle that list down. You've talked about Bud, you've talked about Bird, you've talked about all these cats. If you could get into a time machine and see someone live,
2: the Delorean, so to speak, where would you go? Who would you want to see live? Well, I'd love, I'd love to see Beethoven. <laughs> but there you I, go. <laughs> If we're talking about jazz guys uh you know bird and train for sure um, there are other great players I mean you know, I'd love to see Clifford and bud powell um, some some of the great heroes of mine I gotta see I gotta see joe Henderson and and uh. I got to see Joe Henderson. I got to see Sonny Rollins. I actually got to play one night with Sonny Stitt, which was just amazing. And I saw Sonny Stitt, I think, 10 different nights. Wow. So some of those guys I got to see. And like I said, I even got to play with Sonny one night, which was just, uh, I wish I had a recording of that night. I was about, I think I had just turned 20.
1: Wow. That's awesome. Let me ask you this of all the people that you played in front of and all the recordings you put out there, what's one of the nicest things a fan has said to you about your work?
2: Well, you know, I think I think the thing that always feels good to me, not necessarily about said to me about the recordings, but there was one night I was playing at El Chapultepec and there was a guy, he's a saxophone player, fine player, he doesn't live here, but um he said he was driving by El Chapultepec, it was a summer night and the doors were open. He said, and I drove by, he said, I couldn't see who was playing, but once I heard the sax, you know, he was, I I don't know if he's walking by, he must have been walking by, but he was, was, or he was stopped at that light there on uh, 20th and Market. He said, uh, I couldn't see who was in there, but he said, then the saxophone started playing, I knew it was you, I just wanted to come in and say hi. I think that was really nice for me you know, to have a sound that somebody identified with and, and could tell who it was, that meant something to me. You so, know, especially from a fine musician like John Ish, you know, that really, you know, the fact that he recognized me just from, a, you know, a few notes, that was really great.
1: So have you always been a natural at, at being a musician? I mean, you know, have you ever been nervous or does the stage just make sense to you? <clears throat> well,
2: no, I, I don't have any stage fright anymore um and i'm totally willing to screw up and be i'm I'm comfortable with uh the idea of making mistakes and, and and all that i mean i don't think anybody's out there wishing me ill so if if i really screw up oh well no i don't feel nervous i i don't feel like i've been a natural at all in fact my first private teacher told my mother i found out years later he had told her that i was the least talented um of all the students he'd ever had. I don't know why a teacher would do that, but that was in the 60s, and I was not particularly, you know, I was always like last chair in, in the school bands. I, I, I was—I didn't excel uh, in, you know, in public school at all with it. So let me
1: ask you this, kind of get into the essence of who you are. Everyone has a version of who you are, your family, your friends, those that you play live for, but when you wake up and face the world, who do you think you are?
2: You know, I, I wake up, I think I wake up, and I, I, I think I'm somebody who's very lucky to be doing what I want to do. I get to teach here at East High School. I really love the kids. Uh, I don't always love the adults. In fact, oftentimes I dislike them a lot. But um, but I really like the kids, and I feel very lucky to be part of that. I feel very lucky to be playing. Um, I just feel like a, a very lucky uh, lucky soul. You know, I get to do the things that make me happy and I don't have to go through I mean I, I see colleagues of mine they come to school it's like oh my god you know 5,000 days till retirement I can't wait I'm not even thinking about that so I feel very fortunate that's who I think I am I I, I guess
1: I like that that's a great way to wrap everything up Keith thank you for taking some time out for me thank you for the music I'm looking forward to spinning east of the village on the show Oh,
2: thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Joe. Thank you so much.
0: Thanks for listening and tuning in to yet another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players in Denver, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. And thanks to Keith for his time, his honesty, and all those stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store, visit NeonJazz at YouTube.com, or for all things Neon Jazz, the NeonJazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. (laughs)
2: Beyond jazz.